this is uh, Pastor Wagner again, and this is the video series Expository Preaching Simplified, and this is video number six. And so, you've titled uh, number six, Search the Scriptures. Just again, I, I think I may have uh, included you in uh, that we we're going to talk about sermon uh, preparation, actually, starting with number six, and and that's what we're going to do, but it's going to be kind of introductory to the whole process of putting together a sermon outline. But anyway, now that we have covered uh, the preacher's calling, covered the preacher's education, the need for an adequate theological understanding of the scriptures, and we've also talked about understanding the original languages. Now, those all are foundational aspects of expository preaching, and we've addressed all of them in the first five videos. But now we need, need to get down to some brass tacks here. We need to move on to sermon preparation. Now the first thing an expositor must do is choose a text to preach. You have to decide where you're going to go in the Bible. It's, you know, it's a pretty big book. Uh, probably don't want to approach it randomly. The first thing you need to do then is decide what to preach. Now, I highly recommend preaching through books of Scripture. It will alleviate the agony of choosing a new text to preach every week. And believe me, that's agonizing at times. Over time, it also guarantees that you will be preaching the whole counsel of God and not just maybe the things that you prefer to study or preach. Now, a paragraphed translation is very helpful in determining where to begin and end an individual sermon. Uh, the paragraph divisions are made uh, in an English translation uh, in terms of topic. Okay, These so many sentences all address one particular topic. That's a paragraph. So paragraphs help you identify and deal with a singular topic. Now, you can also pay, and you should pay close attention to Greek and Hebrew conjunctions. You know, the ands and the therefores and wherefores and so forth. Uh, pay, pay close attention to the Greek and Hebrew conjunctions because their relationship uh, is a connecting relationship between what proceeds and what follows. And, and they will help you know perhaps where to begin and end a particular sermon. Uh, they will tell you when a topic uh, being addressed changes. So, uh, in addition to a paragraph translation, taking note of the conjunctions, uh, a good commentary will also be divided by passage, uh, and that can be very advantageous as well. Uh, the idea is always here. No matter how you do it, the idea is to identify a passage of Scripture that deals with one basic topic. This is because a good sermon has one basic idea, not a plethora of unrelated information. That's a killer because people can't connect the dots, and it's just a lot of random thoughts otherwise. Now, once a text has been settled upon, we have to do a study of the text. And this is what you would call an exegetical study. The word exegetical means you're going to draw the meaning out of the text. You're not imposing meaning on it. You're not deciding on a sermon you want to preach or picking out 
uh, a topic or an outline and going and finding proof text, but you're literally going to the scripture first and drawing out of it what the scripture says. So how do you do this? Well, I suggest you begin by doing a diagrammatical analysis of the text. A diagrammatic diagrammatical analysis is uh, about like what you did in eighth grade English. You, know, you, you draw a baseline, you have a place for the the subject, a place for the verb, a place for the direct object, a place for the modifiers underneath. It's just a nice, simple little diagram. So, uh, a diagram, diagrammatical analysis of the text is essentially the same thing as what you learned back there in eighth grade, except it's done in the original language. Uh, if you want to, you can do it in the English, but you've really got to pay close attention to the original because translations add words and and change around uh, sequences and so forth. Now, you, you can learn how to do diagram grammatical analysis uh, on your own. There's books you can buy that will show you how to do it. Just Google it and uh, they'll come up. And it's probably good that you learn a little bit of that and you, uh, you know, get familiar with it by actually doing it. But you can also consult diagrammatical analysis that's already been done uh, of your chosen text. Now, the, the comprehensive Bible study softwares that are available, such as Logos and uh, BibleWorks, uh, provide diagrams of the New Testament. So they're already done. So why, why sit there for an hour trying to diagram, you know, 10 or 12 verses yourself when all you got to do is just have the right uh, reference, and you pull them up. So, well, you can also purchase completed uh, Greek diagrams for whole, for whole books of the New Testament, perhaps all the New Testament now. And again, uh, you just uh, Google that, and you'll, you'll find uh, sources. For me, I find it a whole lot easier to just have a diagram and go find it and print it out, and I don't have to... Worry, did I diagram it right? Did I goof something up here? Just, just go print it out, and then I'll use that printout of the diagram as a study sheet or a place for my notes to go in on in the margins and, and so forth. So doing it this way can save considerable, considerable time, and it will draw on the, the expert ability of others who produce these diagrams. So after I print out the diagrams, I, I'll use that printout as a worksheet. For a, and I'll go through and I'll identify and label the verb tenses first and the word meanings. We'll see, I say, how do you do that? Well, I just went through that in the last video uh, as far as showing you how do you can do that on Bible Hub. It's all done for you. But you got to know, if you look on there and it says it's an aorist verb, you got to know what an aorist verb is. So that was the purpose of the last video you know, you've got to get some handle on the Greek grammar before you can use the tools that are available. But once you have some some knowledge, you know, what are what are the verb tenses, what are their uses, what's a participle, what's it do, how's it used, infinitives, conjunctions, so forth, then you go to the uh, diagram, and if you're not sure what it is, you just flip over to Bible Hub, and it'll tell you what each word is, whether it's a noun, whether it's an adverb, whether it's a, you know, a... Uh, a verb or whatever. So that means this is fairly easy to do and uh, 
you do it for a while, over a period of years, you become pretty adept at it. So uh, consult your own analysis or use a ready-made one. Use it as a worksheet. Uh, print it out and then go through and, 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 and label every verb. Okay, that's a present tense indicative active verb. You label it. You under, you've got to understand what, what's a present tense verb mean in Greek and what's a, what's an indicative mean and what's the active voice mean. And, uh, but you should already know all that. So you label it and you got it there without having to have memorized all of the, the Greek endings, like verb endings and so forth that would identify it if you had them all memorized. Okay, now, that being said, this grammatical analysis, verbs, participles, infinitive nouns, all this is extremely important. But the thing you need to concentrate on once you've got this done, and where you need to start once you've labeled everything, is, is make sure you identify and understand the main verbs. Now, the main verbs are going to appear on that uh, horizontal line in the middle where the verbs go. But main verbs are the key to understanding a passage of Scripture. In other words, you don't want to preach a sermon on a prepositional phrase because a prepositional phrase modifies a verb uh, and it, you know, you, you don't, you've got to know what it modifies. Modifies a verb or partial or whatever. So, uh, begin with those main verbs, and then once you've done that, you can, you can move on to consult a good exegetical commentary, which will deal with the intricacies of the original language. Now, when I say an exegetical commentary, I just don't mean any commentary you pull off the shelf. You've got to find somebody who has written a commentary that, that explains the meaning of the original language and the use of words and how you understand it and what are the interpretive problems and what are some various interpretations and what they feel is the right one. That's an exegetical commentary. So when you, when you use that commentary, you do that after you've done your initial study. And what you're doing is you're either going to confirm the conclusions that you may have come to, or you may have to say, hey, i got to rethink this. I didn't, didn't look at that right. I didn't analyze that right. So it's a good check at that point. Now, the goal is to develop, develop here a good grasp of the text and its meaning through this process. Once you're comfortable with your understanding of the original text, then you want to round out your study by then taking a look at some more what I would call expositional commentaries, where they basically just give you a Greek, excuse me, an English uh, translation, and, and they talk about its meaning and help you uh, with applications and things like that. And there are some good ones out there, and they sometimes will refer to the Greek or the Hebrew as well, but that's not their focus. They don't contain the most technical of the explanations regarding the original language, is what I'm trying to say. Their value will be in giving you perhaps insight in how to preach the text uh, by looking at how other people, other folks, the author and so on, if you're using multiple commentaries, more than one author, have dealt with the text as far as uh, trying to communicate it. So, having completed then your study of the text, what do you do next? Well, here's a good suggestion. It may be a good idea to put it all aside, get out of the office, and do something else for a little while. This will give you a little time to recharge, 
uh, give you some time to, uh, to think about what you've studied, what it means, and give you a little rest from the intense uh, uh, mental process of doing this study. You may want to end the day. I always start on Monday. Some preachers start on Tuesday. I sometimes end Monday, or I aim to end Monday, at least most of the time. I'll try to end Monday with a completion of my study of the text. Then I'll move on to sermon instruction the next day.